I'm standing here I wanna look you in the eye Hey friends, welcome to This Good Word. And today is part two of this interview that my dear friend Becky uh, had with me regarding my book, Whole, Restoring What's Broken in Me, You, and the Entire World, which has officially now released. You can get it wherever it is that you like to buy books, Amazon, Books A Million, Nav Press, IndieBound, Barnes & Noble, all those good places have them available online and you can just order them anywhere. You can also go to steveleans.com slash whole and you can read some excerpts and some endorsements and you can find links to order it there too. Uh, but enjoy today. Enjoy part two of my interview with Becky. Okay, I'm going to quote you. This is, I heard you say this once, true writing writes for its own expression. Oh. <laughs> and that's a great. I think it's very uh, profound. I wrote it down someplace yeah. and I grabbed it forward. I'm not sure if you were quoting somebody or if it was yours, so I don't. I didn't write that reference down. But um, in your own journey to write this book, what have you discovered has changed in you or your own expressions through writing? Oh wow. Well, um, well, it's interesting. Uh, just a couple minutes ago, you and Isaac were looking at beginnings and whole, mm -hmm. and one of you recognized, oh wow, whole is shorter a whole is thinner <laughs> and um and it is it actually is it is quite yeah. a bit smaller i mean i think whole has a little under forty-five thousand words and beginnings had 52 53,000 words wow. and part of that was because dave zimmerman awesome editor love him hi dave he after in one of his comments uh and, and it was like his last comment uh, you know it was like uh, he wasn't saying i hate to challenge you on this but he was really like i think this book would be really a whole lot better if you could get it down to forty-five thousand words and i love words you know mm -hmm. and sometimes the more the better right <laughs> why would you take words out so especially your awesome words why would you take those right out? right and everyone knows you know that there's editing and but mm -hmm. um when you have to take out the th some of the things that you love, mm -hmm. there's a phrase in writing called um, you got to kill your darlings, you know? Mm. Some of those stories that you think, oh, but it's so good. And then the editor or whoever, you know, yeah, but it's, no. it really doesn't help. Doesn't 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 help the story. So I think part of the writing process for me in, in writing whole helped me to get to, to, to say what I want to say mm -hmm. um, in a in 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 much not succinct because that's not the right word um, but to really mine my writing for the diamonds you know for the mm -hmm. real good stuff that needs to stay in there and then um, mm -hmm. to believe I don't have to say everything about the subject mm -hmm. you know like you don't it's funny because i'm writing my ordination paper right now for our denomination and you do have to say everything in there probably <laughs> you don't oh you don't actually. okay that's the thing like okay you're writing what you believe about so you know and mm -hmm. so don't i mean gosh i'm this is going on record but like don't say everything you think about you know the, everything you think no yeah. and they're not asking you to you mm -hmm. know um but what does it mean to 
say the really important things Mm -hmm. that are essential to you. And so writing whole, um, and it's funny, even even my preaching, I've been trying to go shorter and shorter and shorter, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, not always successfully, but um, partly because, and and not because I think people's attention spans are short. I, I think if you have an engaging thought, people are, they'll, they'll stay in there with you, but just because I think there's a, there is, um, well, my journey is Mm -hmm. say more with less. So, well, and that goes back to that spiritual bulimia thing that I feel like too often we get inundated with too much stuff. And so we don't actually ascertain or hold on to anything. Yeah. And so it's actually, it's actually really exciting. I've, I've noticed that mm. just so you know, yeah. the Sundays I have been there, I have noticed. That <laughs> well, one of the things I think you do really well when you preach Becky is you create silences with it. You know, you, you give lots of pauses for people to, I know that's intentional. It's the seven seconds of the brain. Seven seconds of the brain. I mean, we need, so like explain mm-hmm. that, explain the seven, seven seconds. seconds of the brain. The brain needs actually seven seconds to feel tension and tension is where we actually, our dendrites actually start to grab hold of and engage. And we're no longer just being taught at. Yeah. We're actually engaged and brought into. Yeah. So the silence, it feels uncomfortable, but it's actually really good for us. It's healthy for our brain. Yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, it's funny. Um, I write a lot about our church in this book and a lot mm-hmm. about people from our church. Um, but we preach differently. We ask questions and we let silences linger. And I think it's interesting. That's not a technique to be cool that's to help people's brains really process and so i like understanding um some of the science behind that yeah it's actually really fun um i i do have a question i also have to admit a jealousy okay Ah. reading this book you met eugene peterson (laughs) true i mean come on yeah you met one of the leading mystics i believe yeah of our time and i get teary even thinking about yeah. it i mean just i know that was really impactful for you i know that when you wrote this that was like was that two years ago that you met him uh, went out there no. was it a year last and a half? summer it was last summer so it was just a year ago you, you know him. what i can't remember no maybe it was two summers ago i honestly don't remember okay. anyway but i know it's been a while yeah but now when you reflect back on that is there are there any other nuggets that you feel like you are still unpacking from meeting that man. Well, he, you know, it's interesting. And, and um, no one talks about his wife, Jan. Mm-hmm. But his wife, Jan, is a, is a pistol. I mean, she is. And I think she's writing her story, I, 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 I believe. Um, oh, I and so that book. I can't, yeah, <laughs> n- none of us can wait to read that book. But um, so I went to his place in Montana on Flathead Lake. Um, I mean, like the plate, like if you've seen that Bono interview of him and Bono, that's the place that we were at. Mm -hmm. And I was there because of my publisher, Don. He's just this great guy and he has a relationship with Eugene. And so he took three of us out there. Mm -hmm. And um, I was struck by, um, now Eugene is 84. Mm -hmm. And so he's really getting old. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's, he's 84. But I was struck by how he and his wife Jan relied on each other and knew each other. Like he, he would, she was always there whenever he was, and he would start telling a story and then he would look at her cause he, he had forgotten a detail mm-hmm. and none of us even knew what he was talking about yet, but she knew, mm-hmm. you know, 
And there's a, I just learned about this. There's a, you know, when people say like when their longtime spouse dies, they mm-hmm. say, I feel like a part of me died. That's because there's a thing about memory that mm-hmm. your brain can't handle everything. And so if you're married and if you have a close relationship with that person, you re- like you rely on their memory to fill in the blanks of where you're where like what you can't remember yeah so literally that's actually true and so um because i know how hard ministry is and how actually hard it is on a marriage mm-hmm. to see someone that has written that many books and because i know how hard writing is and how mm-hmm. like i mean if you're gonna and he's he's written over 30 books and edited, I mean, and created a whole transliteration yeah. of the Bible. It's I mean, amazing. That should actually count for 66 books. <laughs> true. Actually true. Um, but so here's here's the nugget. Their closeness, mm-hmm. like they really are best friends. And they, they would tease each other. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, they it was very clear that they their intimacy was very deep. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be one thing. Another thing is, one one time, so one of us asked him what his spiritual practices were, you know, mm-hmm. and he said, "Well, you know, I I usually um, I've memorized a bunch of psalms, so I, I pray the psalms." But then he said, um, "Our mailbox is sort of way up the hill, so it takes a while to get there. So I try to count every living creature that I see." Uh, on my way to the mailbox. Now they they live in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he said one time there had been this huge rain, so there was all these earthworms, you know, all over the place. <laughs> and so he said that was a, that was a tough day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say one other thing, you know, there's there's recently there was this big brouhaha about Eugene, um, a reporter, asked him about same sex marriage, and he said that yes, he would perform a same sex marriage, and then. Um, there was all this backlash, immediate backlash from the Christian community and joy from the, there was this, it was just this yeah. really interesting um, view into this really, really troubling issue. And then of course, the next day he retracted his, his statement. Um, and then there was backlash again from the people that were excited about it and, you know, relief from the people that weren't excited about it. And in, and in that, um, what occurs to me about Eugene is how private a person he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very, actually very private. And um, that kind of brouhaha, mm-hmm. he never would have wanted to have, have created. Yeah. Um, and so people are, you know, saying, oh, it was the money or, you know, it was a certain publishing um, arms said they wouldn't carry his book. So that's why he retracted. And I'm just going to say... You know what, people? Shut it. Yeah. Like, this is an 84-year-old man who has views on things, mm-hmm. and he is under no obligation to share with anyone mm-hmm. what those views are. And let's give an 84-year-old man the benefit of, of the doubt, whether we agree with him or not. Mm-hmm. And let's use this as a learning of saying, like, part of wholeness mm-hmm. is learning to say, my God, there has to be room for people who disagree in the kingdom, in there Christianity, yeah. around big issues. If your first knee-jerk response around whatever side you're on, whatever issue it's about, 
if you say, if they believe that, then they're out, watch out. Mm -hmm. Because that was pretty much the only attitude that Jesus really got hot on. That judgmental, you're out, I'm in attitude, no matter what side you're on. And I think the spirit of Eugene, <laughs> even though he's a real alive person, um, would, would say, get your ass out of mm -hmm. that hot place where it feels like all the action is. Mm -hmm. um, he probably wouldn't say ass, but... Um, he might privately. He might privately. Um, but, and, and concentrate on doing your work, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I would say that, like, yeah. I mean, that's my challenge when mm -hmm. I get all hot and bothered. Mm -hmm. And is there a time to get really passionate about a cause? Yes, but I think in these days of instant reactions via Twitter and blogs and Facebook and stuff, most of us need to just sit with something for a little while. Mm -hmm. Which is part of the wisdom. And also I want to say it goes back to your definition of sin, self-preservation at all costs. Yeah. When we want to try and jump into those um, camps yeah. too quickly. Yeah. Um, I have another quote of yours that I just, um, that I think is really important. And I am going to put it out here since we've been talking around this. It has to do with the wilderness. Yeah. And it's actually, it's, there's three of them, but basically the, it's the way in which you approached Jesus going into the wilderness and the three temptations. And yeah. The first temptation is just, are we willing to be hungry and um, not stuff our face with non-nourishing things? The second temptation is, um, are we willing to face that we really do want to have great influence and authority? And the third temptation is that um, deep inside of all of us is we want to make a difference, doing something spectacular to prove you are who you say you are, yeah. which I'm using Eugene Peterson as a kind of a backdrop. We had that conversation. And now I, I'm curious what inspired you or how did you come up writing about these in such a very personal way Yeah, about Jesus's wilderness? Because I think too often we, I hate the images that we've created around Jesus in the wilderness Yeah, and him coming out at his strongest, at his best, all of this. And I'm like, then how is he human? Yeah. And you've made him so human. So can you talk a little bit about that, the process of writing that or what it was for you? Or... Yeah, well, I, I, so um, thank you. That was one. I, I mean, if someone were to ask me, what is my favorite part of the book? Oh, um, oh is that one of the? Well, that's, I'll just I'll answer it. it. That's, one of, that's one of my question. What is one of the favorites? That, okay. that piece on on Jesus was, was my favorite. I don't know if it's my favorite, like, end result, but the writing of it. The, the, I, I felt such a sense of joy and connection in writing mm -hmm. this hard, harrowing piece. So what Becky's talking about is um, in the beginning of chapter seven, The Wilderness, mm -hmm. I really write a sort of midrashic account of Jesus in the wilderness. Now, midrash, just simply, it's a Jewish technique of wondering what might have happened mm -hmm. that isn't written. And so when we read about Jesus in the wilderness, really, we get the fact that he was hungry. We get the fact that um, he was met by Satan. Mm -hmm. But 40 days and 40 nights, a lot of things happened in there. And so I really tried to get into um, the mind frame of what it might have been like to not only be hungry, to be, but to be terrified mm -hmm. of, I mean, there's wild. You do, you do a great yeah. job of it. And um, But I've never been in that kind of position. I mean, most of us have never been that naked. Mm -mm. Um but one of my huge like core beliefs is that Jesus really was human. Mm -hmm. 
which means he really was not he didn't he didn't he wasn't like Clark Kent who just had the Superman suit on un- underneath. He really like when he asked someone a question, he didn't he didn't know what they were going to say. Now, he might have known what they were going to say because he was a really wise person and you know how you, you can sometimes yeah, tell. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Jesus had omniscience, like that he knew everything that was going to happen. Otherwise, he would have been a robot and nothing would have been surprising for him. Nothing would have been hard for him. Yeah. I mean, think about it, Becky. If it's true that Jesus was tempted mm-hmm. in every way, mm-hmm. just like we are, think about some of the temptations that people face. Like, oh. just... Like, I was thinking about this. Just go down the line yeah. of all the temptations mm-hmm. that people face. Temptations to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Sexual temptations. Which is in scripture. Yep. Um, so, like, either he was pretending all of that, or that was stark and real. Mm-hmm. Like, he really had to have such a crazy naked trust that God would give him what he needed. And so... You know, will you you can turn these stones into bread, and um, you know, so we assume that he could have, which really, like you can say, well, you know, do, do miracles happen? Yes, no, whatever. He, the truth behind that is he could have escaped from that, mm-hmm. um, and part of that is he just could have walked out, you know, <laughs> at any time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he mm-hmm. he he could have decided. The other thing is, I wonder. I wonder of a couple things about his time in the wilderness. Number one, at the beginning, did he know it was going to be 40 days? Or was it 40 days and then it was done? You know, did he just think, I'm here for as long as it takes? Ooh, and, I like that thought. And I'll know. Now, I don't know. You know, I don't know. But, but going back to some of the things that you talked about before, is if we know everything going in, then it's really not. We're preparing for something. And so... For Jesus to be human. I just think it's a wonderful wondering. Yeah. And the second thing I wonder, <clears throat> and this is where like people go, whoa. But um, I part of how I write about it, the temptations is he, he, he is feeling some of, he, he's anticipating without knowing. He's anticipating the cross. So I, even, even I write that in there. Like yeah. he's laying flat on his back on yeah. the ground and he, and he feels... Um, his head is pierced. He feels as, as, as though his head is pierced um, or, or that it's being circled by, um, you know, and, and I, just, I... Everything within yeah. me wants to reach and yeah. grab and just read everybody so they get to read, read that part of it. That's what... Anyway, so... Well, but. so I wonder, was there something that he needed to learn in the wilderness that would keep him on the cross? Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. Um Okay, now when are you going to write yeah. that book? Because I that's this yeah. is one of my this is one of my challenges yeah. to you in, in reading this over and over again. And I know about the midrash style yeah. and everything. What if it's time for some writings on Jesus in the midrash style? Well, I mean, so would you consider something like that? Well, the I'm smiling, <laughs> um, and the short answer is um, yes, but that's that's the farthest I will go on that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Your smile tells it all. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can hard. I mean, I just think that we live in a day and age. Esther DeWall says Jesus was a carpenter far longer than he was a savior. Yeah. And there's something about his carpentry days that empowered him to be the savior that he was. There's actually, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The 
he was hidden. He was unknown. He mm-hmm. was... And learning how to yeah. craft those things together yeah. in a way yeah. had something that helped him craft together yeah. how he was going to be in with other people in this. And I just think that that's, it's that that I want to, that, that that I think we forget anyway. So, well, I think, you know, on, on the just, one hand, I think, you know, does the world really need one more book on Jesus? But on the other hand, I do. I think um, if we can have the kind of imagination that wonders mm-hmm. um, without getting too threatened. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, I mean, frankly, I'll be honest. Um, it's scary to, to try to write a book like that because of the machine. The machine says, you can't do that. You yeah. can't, you can't wonder mm-hmm. what it was like for Jesus when you don't know, when it's not written there in black and white. And my pushback is, uh, isn't all faith at some level mm-hmm. wondering? Oh, it has to be because as soon as we know everything, then it's fact. Yeah. And Leanne Payne talks about the, the way to heal the road to God is through the imagination. Yeah. Because the imagination is the thing that we've given up in our society today in favor of Google. Uh, yeah, you know, Pete Holmes, the hilarious comedian Pete Holmes, he has a whole thing on that where he says Google's destroyed imagination. Because oh my gosh. you don't have to sit with a question anymore. No, you don't. Or you don't have to sit and wonder. You're sitting at a table and somebody has a question. And, oh, you yeah, got I'll the answer? Yeah, just check it on Google. It's like, oh man, yeah, he lay has your this, phone down. He has this hilarious big thing about Tom Petty and where was Tom Petty born. And... You know, instead of having to live with that terrible question for days until you find, you know, no, you can just look it up. Um, but I think that is, you know, in, if, if, you know, it's funny because if we believe spirit is alive mm-hmm. and if we believe in some way spirit interacts with us in our own lives and if we believe that the sort of goal or thought of a Christian is we, we become more and more mm-hmm. like Jesus, then our, our imagination would have to say, well, I wonder what, you know, he might think about this particular <laughs> conversation that I'm in that's not written in the book. And and yeah. even John, I love the gospel of John. It, it, it ends with, you know, there's so many more things I could have written. Um, but if I would have taken the time to write it all, it would have, you know, there's not enough mm-hmm. room in all the yeah. books in all the world to write down all the things that mm-hmm. Jesus did. Which is kind of an opening yes. entrance that maybe <laughs> there is more. But we just don't yeah. need one more book about... Um, the proofs. Yeah, I, I don't... I, the thing is, is I think there's something beautiful about the mystery of wholeness in all of us that is waiting to be unfolded. Yeah. And Jesus' own brokenness is kind of our gateway. Yeah. there. I mean, he took his broken body, and I love the the um, illustration on the front. And I, w- oh, I wish I could remember this. There's a Japanese form of art where they, something that's broken, oh, yeah. they put it back together and they put it back together with gold and it's actually stronger than it was before. Yeah. And there's a name for it and I'm not going to Google it right now to tell you that. <laughs> someone will though right someone now. Someone will right now. There yeah, is a form a... of art. It's a Japanese form of art. But the reality is, is if that's really true about all of us, God actually participates and enjoys and that's one thing i love about your book is it really participates and enjoys in the journey towards wholeness yeah thank for you. all of us yeah thank you it's just the best book mm. yeah mm. i i have a reader's copy that's an original and um i know i got the real one but i'm gonna keep my the reader's advanced copy. Reader it's pretty copy, beat yeah. Up. yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm looking at it it's all <laughs> it's water stained <laughs> 
Yeah, mm. but it's actually really okay. I where are we at? We're um, um, probably done. But I have one final question yeah, for you. If, we, yeah. if you're sure, it's totally up to you. Go there. Okay. Um, what is creating life in you right now? Man, that's a tough question. Um, oh, shoot, I thought that would be an easy one. I know. Um, but part of it is like I I am at a place right now where I'm not feeling very generative, you know? Okay. Um, and I don't know whether it's just a season or um, – I mean, I – I am going to circle back to, I mean, I think I do have an answer, but, but I, but I would say that I'm, I'm not, and some of that is because when you're at this phase, when a book is about to be launched, it's amazing how much energy goes toward that, you know? And so like, I haven't really been writing okay. anything uh, lately and I've, I've learned to be okay with that because I think this season requires just that you sort mm -hmm. of remember because by the time a book comes out, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's honestly been nine months since I wrote the last edit. You know, um, maybe not nine months, but a long time. It has maybe been a while. It's been yeah. a long time. So there's a part of me that's on that is on to the next, next idea, um, which which is about Jesus. Um, but but the other thing I, that I think is creating some life in me um, these days is it's not a writing project, it's not a podcast, but it is an idea. Um, that I'm going to try to explain, but it, but it might, this might be one of those half-baked things, but I'll go there anyway. Um, I am, I am turning the idea in my mind of what does it mean to be honest? Hmm. And I don't mean unkind. I don't mean vomiting all over everybody, mm -hmm. but I've been thinking lately, um, just about, all the many ways during my day that I answer something or that I even dishonest with myself, mm -hmm. um, that, um, like there, there honestly was a thing just really recently where, um, I, I did something I didn't want to do. And then I started beating myself up for it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, and then I sort of stepped back and said, okay, my process for this was, to do something, then notice I didn't want to have done that. And then to kind of promise I'll never do it again, or you know what I mean? And like, mm -hmm. um, yeah. versus I, and then I took a step back and I just said, Oh God, forgive me. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I, and that's all I went like, don't, don't make me new yet. Don't, mm -hmm. um, don't transform this broken thing. Just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Which um, is what turning. Yeah. Repentance really is. It's just turning. Can you turn? Change your mind. Yeah. And so. Wow. That. Like that. That's an honesty. Like let's not go right away to. Um, how can this be restored? You, you know. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a book about wholeness. How can this be made whole? Mm -hmm. You know. Or how can I fix this? I mean. And it's it's startling how, how many times I go there. So some of honesty says like I am. I'm just going to be with mm -hmm. a mistake maybe mm -hmm. for a little while, or, um, I'm going to say, no, I don't want to do that to an invitation that I, you know, yeah. that why would I say no? I mean, you know, no, 
No thanks. But maybe you can be honest with your own longings, and yeah. then it doesn't lead to the self-preservation. I mean, there is there's like this beautiful, yeah, yeah. Like that. So I don't that that is a so like you could call that a spiritual practice, you know, mm-hmm. like what's the practice of honesty, you know? Again, not unkindness and not barfing all over everybody, telling yeah. everybody every single thing you're thinking. That's not even. I mean, that's just ugh. Um, but I think I. I'll just say I, not we, I spend an enormous amount of energy um, not quite being honest, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And and most of the time I don't think it hurts a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I think it exhausts me, you know? Which would help give you some more regenerative power yeah. to not be so exhausted. Yeah. 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 You carry, you wear a lot of hats, sir. Yeah. You really yeah. do wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> True. I'm grateful to call you friend, though. Oh. Really am. I am so grateful to call you friend. Love this book. Mm. Like, love this book. Thank you. Yeah. It is really good. Whew. Well, thank you, Becky. Thanks for um, taking the time to ask really good questions. Um, I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Facebook at Steve Weens Author, Twitter at Steve Weens, and Instagram at Steve Weens. And you can find all my work, all my books, the show notes, all kinds of other fun stuff on my website, steveweens.com. And please consider supporting me on Patreon. Lots of fun benefits for all levels of patrons. Check it out at patreon.com slash thisgoodword. Truth was you knew you were losing that fight in your suburban